With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, Steeler fans? I'm your host to The Hangover, Daniel J. Alongside with me, as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing today? Oh, it's awesome. It, it's a beautiful sunny day here in uh, southern West Virginia, and I'm just uh, been enjoying it and le- getting ready to talk some Steeler football. Oh, for sure, man. It's been, you know, I'm out here in Texas, and so the weather's been kind of crazy these last <laughs> week or so. It went from extreme hot to, like, you know, almost 90s. I think it mm-hmm. even hit the 90s to uh, 40s. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, the weather is bipolar as these picks keep coming in or these draft uh, agent pickups. Uh, so since the last time we spoke, there's been a lot of news. There's been a lot of pickups by the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, last Monday. Of course, the start of the tampering period had occurred. But since then, there's been some signings. There's been some moves made. Um, the first one that came off the board obviously, and of course, was Patrick Peterson, cornerback, uh, future Hall of Famer. What were your knee-jerk reactions to his signing? We kind of discussed it a little bit on Monday. And, you know, Monday's, that first legal tampering day is always so, you know, it's like your emotions are up and down because you're you're thinking, well, they might really pull the trigger and go for one of the top inside linebacker guys or, or, you know, one of the top offensive linemen, and which usually is not the Steelers style, but to lose Sutton almost immediately and then to get Peterson, 
I'm like, it makes sense because Peterson actually had a higher coverage grade last year than Sutton did. He had five interceptions. He's still faster than Sutton ever dreamed of being. And when you look at the contract, they saved a substantial amount of money to whereas they got Peterson and let's say one of the other free agents like Herbig for the price it would have cost to, to bring Sutton back. So I was wanting an upgrade in the secondary. They need to be faster. They need to be able to press at times, you know, mix it up more. Last year, they could not press. If they, they tried to go zero coverage, they, they was going to get toasted because nobody could run with anybody. Now, you bring in Peterson who could steal. He's crafty enough to do that. And then he could be a great mentor for an early-round draft pick. So I'm I'm very excited about the Peterson signing. It, it makes sense with what the Steelers are wanting to do. They've never been able to develop a corner. It took Sutton four years to really develop. But if you get a guy like Peterson who's a known mentor and loves to take these guys under his wing, I think that makes total sense to, to bring in a guy like him and then use an early round pick. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's exactly kind of my thoughts as well. Uh, when it came to the pickup, I was excited about it. Um, you know, and like you said, we mentioned that on Monday. Uh, I feel that this guy's really going to be a pivotal role or have a pivotal role with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, not just on the field, but off the field and mm-hmm. in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the study room, you know, in the playbook and learning how to be a professional player in the NFL. I think he's going to be a true asset and a value to this team. And I'm looking forward to him uh, and looking forward to his, him showcasing his skills in the black and gold. Uh, the next was the Steelers um, went out and re-signed a couple of players of their own. DeMonte Casey, safety, and Larry Joby got re-signed. Um, were you surprised in their return? Were you expecting them to come back? Or, um, you know, was this a, this a surprise move for you? No, I expected both guys to be retained because mm-hmm. they really was a great fit for what the Steelers want to do. The Steelers haven't had a true deep safety uh, since, gosh, maybe Chris Hope. It's been a while uh, since they've had a guy that I thought had range back there that could take away that, uh, you know, cover more than just one half of the deep. Uh, And so I really wanted Kazee back. And what surprised me about him last year, I'd watched him with the Falcons and the Cowboys, and he didn't look that physical. But, boy, he was physical last year. And he really would, you know, come up and lay the wood on some guys. So I was excited about that. I wanted Joby back because the Steelers have been reeling ever since to it's the tragedy, family tragedy, and the surprise retirement. They've been reeling at defensive tackle. They just couldn't, you know, they couldn't find anybody. And so I wanted him to bring Ogajobi back. But with all the injuries that he dealt with last year, I was talking to somebody before the show. The last four weeks of the season, he played every game, but he didn't practice. Mm-hmm. He was listed as questionable, but then he would dress on game day. And, you know, and he played half the snaps. He, so he really – he was able to play, but he wasn't healthy. So I thought right. that would keep his price down. But I guess because of the importance that he had for the Steelers' defense, they give him three years, you know, $28 million. I was shocked at that amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, hopefully that, you know, he loves it in Pittsburgh. He's a good fit. 
and hopefully he'll have better health this year. If he does, I think it was, you know, especially if they can strengthen that interior line with maybe a another free agent, a mid-level guy, and then a draft pick. So I'm, I'm excited about both of them. I agree. I thought that, you know, I, I echo some of the same sentiments that you're saying about the team or about the players. You know, with Larry Ogunjobi, um, he missed a lot of the developmental aspect of training camp last season with a nagging injury that he came into uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers with. You know, I was able to go and attend training camp for a brief couple of days there. And the days that I was there, I I noticed him, you know, off to the side, not participating in, in any of the actual drills or, um, you know, any type of competition amongst uh, the players, whether it was an individual um you know, defensive linemen, or if it was in teams. And so I saw that, I, I felt that that, you know, definitely probably hindered him, you know, early going on. And then he did have a riddled season with injury, you know, him coming back healthy is going to be huge, you know, him, TJ Watt coming back healthy, Cam Hayward also was riddled with injury throughout the season last year. So I think that those three guys there are going to make a world of a difference. And, and hopefully, uh, if everything goes as planned, they're not going to be having to deal with an offense that is consistently getting three and outs, leaving them on the field an extended period of time. And so I think that when you consider all those factors together, I think that this is, you know, moving forward, going to be a very strong defense up front. You know, there was a complete overhaul in the middle linebacker position, including, I mean, when you think about it from the beginning of the uh, the offseason, that includes – you know, um, inside linebacker coach Jerry O not being mm-hmm. re-signed. And so, you know, I was extremely surprised how vastly different this middle linebacker room is going to be. Uh, but I guess this is a um, an indication as to how the brass there for the Pittsburgh Steelers felt when it came to that room and what they were able to do last season. They uh, Steelers end up signing Elandon Roberts and Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb, which is probably the more athletic of the two, uh, I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be taking the Devin Bush role. Um, how comfortable are you with those two guys uh, as a tandem, and do you think that they're done at that position? Well, it's funny. To say that the Stewards were not satisfied with the inside linebacker play last year <laughs> is a huge understatement. When you get rid of your coach and your top three inside linebackers, that says a lot. And, you know, I, I really believe that the Steelers would have brought Robert Spillane back at the right cost at a team-friendly deal, maybe give him a two-year deal to give him some security. But the Raiders really wanted him, and I'm happy for him. Uh, and, he, you know, he was the best Steelers inside linebacker by the end of last season. So – I'm happy for Spillane, but I'm really excited about Roberts and Holcomb. I talked about, I wrote an article about Roberts last offseason when, um, um, shoot, I can't think of his name now. Brian Flores. Flores. When he came in, um, I thought that he might bring Roberts in to help kind of ease the transition to his defensive style because Roberts is very familiar, you know, with uh, Flores. But, he didn't. He stayed in Miami. Uh, he comes in. He He's a very much like a Vince Williams type. He's a thumper. He's not real tall, but he brings it. He, he's a downhill player. 
And so I'm, I'm, I think that's an upgrade, especially in the physicality, uh, knowledge, experience at the position. We got an old Miles Jack. Miles Jack was two years past his expiration date. He was really good at Jacksonville, and then he had a down year. And when he came in last year, he's not the same guy that we remember from 2017, 2018. So I think that that was an upgrade uh, to let him go. You bring in Cole Holcomb, who just needs help. Last year he missed. He only played seven games. If he can be healthy, he's very athletic. But what shocked me, I did not know. I knew he was from North Carolina, but he's a walk-on. Give me all the walk-ons you can give me. That's just like Alex Highsmith. You look at the pictures of them when they came in as freshmen at Charlotte and in North Carolina, respectively, and look at them when they graduated, and now look at them now. What that says is that they've not been coddled by their parents. They've not been coddled by their coaches and told their God's gift to football. These young men have had to transform their body to become good enough to get on the field. They've had to work on the mental aspect of the game, their physical build and the physical aspect of the game. They've had to put in the hard work. So you take Highsmith, he comes in, and he wasn't strong enough to set the edge. And he didn't look explosive in his pass rush. Well, now look at him. He's added 20 pounds almost of muscle. His upper body looks like a bodybuilder. And he's way more explosive off the snap. And, he, you know, he had 14 and a half sacks. That's the kind of work ethic I'm looking for. And if you look at Holcomb, he's only improved every year. He's he's found a weakness, and he's worked on it. And so, I'm you know, that's the opposite of what Devin Bush was. Bush was, you know, a former player's kid. He was full. Uh, you know, he had the injury. I don't think he worked hard to get back. What I seen was a guy who did not look like he was in shape the last couple of years. He looked a little pudgy. Uh, you look at Holcomb and you look at Bush and you'll see a difference. So I'm really excited about having Holcomb. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he likes wearing the green dot. He takes that responsibility seriously. He invites that pressure. A lot of guys don't want it. And he's not suffering from paralysis of overanalysis. Some guys, you make them think and they shut down. That's not going to be Holcomb. So I'm really excited about that inside linebacker room because I think Mark Robertson, with the right coaching and be surrounded by a guy like Roberts, will help him be able to play and take his game to the next level. People don't realize Robertson can run a 4-6-40. He is not slow, and he's not unathletic. He, su- he suffers in coverage because he's just raw. Half the time, he don't know what he's doing. But as he gets experience... I expect him to be a part of the rotation. And we know it looks like the stewards are looking. They were at Iowa today looking at Jack Campbell. So, hey, I'll take him. That's a pure buck linebacker right there. You bring yeah. in another guy, they have, they'll go four deep, and I won't have to worry about inside linebacker no more. <laughs> so, <clears throat> well, Cole Holcomb, he's, he's athletic, but he's, he's no Ryan Shazier. Do you don't think that the Steelers would have maybe perhaps go or try to find a more Ryan Shazier type of linebacker? I don't think there's going to be one available in this draft, but for the future, do you think that this is just going to be put on hold until they can find an athletic 
linebacker? Well, I mean, you know, a guy like, say, uh, Tremaine Edwards, huh. you know, he is very athletic, size, and speed. Nobody, you're not going to duplicate Shazir. Correct. Linebackers, middle linebackers don't run 4-3 something. And, I mean, Shazir was a freak. But again, you can get guys in the 4-4 range, like Dwight, um, um, not Dwight White, <laughs> Devin White. Devin White. And Devin Bush went for the injury. Uh, guys, there's guys who run four fours, and but okay, that's what concerns me. Clemson has Simpson, mm-hmm. and some people's talking about him at 17. I think it's too early. Uh, he's very athletic. He, you know, at Tomlin at Clemson's pro day was drawing, watching him work out. He looked like a fat kid looking at a cake. I mean, he really <laughs> did. He, he, Tomlin was really interested. And paying attention to Simpson. I just think that he, we might be getting another Bush, a guy who doesn't love contact. A lot of guys who like, who run really well, want to run around the blocks. And, you know, you look at Holcomb, Holcomb runs a 4 5 1 and had an RAS score of 9.64. That's excellent. Top 96 percentile. Holcomb can move. And I think he'll be the Mac. And I think he'll be your sideline to sideline guy. But he is physical enough to put a shoulder into a blocker and try to work off that to make the tackle. Something Bush avoided in at the end of his career with Pittsburgh. But, you know, I mean, I'd like to see him get a 4-4 guy again. But the problem is a lot of them guys don't like contact. Mm-hmm. I, I would rather have the 4-5, four, 4-6 four, guy who, you know, is really quick mentally who understands depth, understands angles, and will bring the pain. You know, he's going to bring the the, the physicality. Um, right. So I'm kind of worried about that. Tomlin really seems interested in Simpson, and that worries me a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, how important then is it to get Terrell Edmonds back? Because he's a guy that we've mentioned is a, uh, you know, physically – uh, gifted, you know, he's got the size, he's got the, you know, weight. He may not be as large as you would want as a middle linebacker, mm-hmm. but he's definitely bigger, uh, a bigger safety, but definitely does have a lot of speed. He's a guy that, you know, would cut, in my opinion, the Steelers would utilize coming into the box uh, and having KZ and Mika kind of protect over the top mm-hmm. and let, let Terrell Edmonds utilize that you know, sideline to sideline, middle linebacker position on obvious passing downs or when, you know, the the opposing offense is you're trying to attack or maybe perhaps, you know, throw out smaller unit out there because we have some bigger linebackers. Um, so I, I think that that is important. Uh, do you think that the Steelers are going to end up coming around and signing Terrell Edmonds or do you think he may sign somewhere else? I know I saw an article or something on Google that there was some rumors that he he may not be coming back. I hope he comes back. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan. Uh, just what he brings, he's a security blanket. You know, his speed runs down a lot of mistakes. For a while there, when they had Mike Mitchell and some of these other safeties, um, they give up some big plays, long touchdown runs and passes. If you've noticed since Terrell's come on, uh, usually he's in the area, you know, they might complete a long pass, but you know, it's not, you know, a guy just breaks a tackle and then runs at 70 yards. He, he runs guys down. He, he's that backline defense. And 
I think he's underrated for what he means to the Steelers' defense, his relationship with Amiga Fitzpatrick. I would hope they'd had him signed already, but it just hasn't happened. Maybe they're still quibbling over the amount. I think you should offer the young man a deal that he feels respected, that he that he realizes the Steelers want him around, and more than a one-year deal. Right. And because, as you said, and I know I think it's Vince Williams is who's been talking about it, he kind of plays like a small blocks linebacker. And with Kazee back and Fitzpatrick, they're going to run a lot of that three safety sets. And you can use Edmonds like take one of the inside linebackers off the field. And, you know, you take a guy like a Jack Campbell who only ran like a 4-7, but all these other explosive measurements were excellent. And he also plays faster because he has a great first step, similar to, say, a Jack Lambert. You know, that was before your time, but didn't mind for sure. Um, guys like that could stay on the field, and then you let Terrell, you know, as you say, take the other. You're going to match up really well with a lot of these modern-day offenses. And then you have the other guys. Like, you played a lot of power running teams late in the year, and you can use those guys, uh, all four of your inside linebackers, you know, to uh, uh, even more against those run-heavy teams. But uh, – Based on that, I can't believe they haven't signed Terrell back yet. I agree with you. I thought he was a guy that was going to be a, a high priority. You know, he came out early last week on Twitter and he came out, you know, saying, you know, this feels amazing or something like that. And a lot mm. of folks were thinking that that was perhaps indicating that he was getting signed either back with the Steelers or, or somewhere else. And, and no news yet. Um, you know, time, time, I don't know if time's his friend because as other safeties come off the board, um, you know, maybe that market value starts to go down a little bit. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think it would be hoof of him to sign sooner. And hopefully that is with the black and gold. And so <clears throat> to round off the, uh, the other two guys that got signed last week, these two guys play the same position as guard. You know, the first one was Nate Herbig. Everybody got excited about him. He seems like a nasty type of player. Seems like a, you know, a guy that you want on your front, you know, offensive line. Uh, possibly the guy that was going to be replacing Kevin Dotson. And then late Saturday night at almost, you know, about 11 p.m., the Pittsburgh Steelers end up, you know, doing or making the biggest sign, in my opinion, this free agency guard Isaac Sumalo, formerly of the Eagles. So what do you take about the Pittsburgh Steelers signing two guards? Is this the end of Kevin Dotson? Oh, now we're talking. I'm excited. Now, I mean, this, this is what gets my juices flowing. We're talking about the round bellies. Yeah. The big old boys. You know, it's funny. None of these guys are going to throw a pass, catch a ball, run a ball. But, hey, nobody does nothing without your line. The, and, mm-hmm. and they got two guys who I think were upgrades uh, on Dotson mm-hmm. already. Uh, I was excited about Herbig just because of the nastiness and his willingness, his excitement to play for the Steelers, he wants to come in there and he wants to bang heads. When they when they played the Steelers last year, the Jets, you see the frustration. Guys, Ogajobi, uh, the linebackers, he, when he got his hands on the linebackers, he put them on the ground most of the time. He's just mean. And guys get frustrated playing him, but it's because he's so physical. But when they, try, when they signed Samalo 
I was getting ready to go to bed and my phone started going off and I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh, ain't no way. Cause you know, I, I knew he'd be 8 million to 10 million a year, but he, I guess, you know, Waddle's like, Hey, I know this guy. We see what he could do. You seen him last year. I mean, the clips they're showing his presence and his awareness, not just his power. I mean, the guy is incredibly smart. He will a combo block and then easily just slide over and pick up a blitzer like it's just, you know, and nothing and not give ground. The dude doesn't go backwards. And he blows bodies off the line at the line of scrimmage. Uh, And you're seeing all these clips, but I mean, it's, you watch the game film, he does it week after week. And so that's going to make Cole or whoever plays center better. It's going to make more or whoever's playing left tackle better. Because when you've got a guy next to you that you can trust, and somebody asked me this week, why I said the offensive line is like your hand. It's five guys, you know, working in use. And when you make it, ball them up, they're a fist and they make an impact. If you're missing a digit, you know, you know, your grip ain't there. You, you, your fist ain't as strong. They've had some weaknesses over the last few years. Huge weaknesses. For a while, their Kendrick Green was the middle finger for all of Stiller Nation. <laughs> well, now I don't, I don't think they'll have to worry about that no more. And Dodson becomes quality backup. I think you give him a chance to win that position. But who's he going to beat? You got Samalo, you got Daniels. They're both substantially better. So, but. I am really excited. Uh, one thing people are not talking enough about, Kenny Pickett got, he kind of got flushed out of the pocket a little quick at times. But the worst thing for a quarterback is congestion at your feet. You do not have the proper throwing motion. You can't step into your rotation if you're worried about a lot of congestion at your feet. Well, the Steelers have gotten stronger up the middle, guys, a lot stronger. And now you can focus that pressure on what's coming out wide because nobody's coming from Somalia's side. I mean, that guy's going to shut down any interior pressure. And he's not going to get Kenny Pickett concussed by just totally whiffing on a block and letting the guy have a free run at him. That's not happening. So it's huge for Kenny Pickett. And, you know, they can talk about getting another receiver. They can talk about a lot of things. But by securing the center of that offensive line, that is going to do great, great things for Kenny Pickett. Oh, I agree. I agree. And talk about a thumb for a middle finger when you talk about Kendrick Green. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just didn't work, you know. Nope, it nope. just didn't work there. But, um, you know, so Nate Herbig, uh, you mentioned that when, when it comes to Sumalo, you're saying that he's going to help out the left tackle if that's Dan Moore. He's mm-hmm. going to help out the center if that's Mason Cole. Do you see there being a possibility that Mason Cole isn't the center and that maybe perhaps uh, Herbig or uh, maybe even uh, James Daniels, who has had experience at the center position before, ends up getting moved over and, you know, an incomplete overhaul of the interior offensive line as well. Again. Well, last year, my number one target, and I'm not, I can't remember when you come in, uh, and we talked a lot and all, but last year, offseason, James Daniels was my number one target. Uh-huh. The reason why is he can play all three interior positions at a high level. And as you said, when he was at Iowa, he was a center 
and an All-American. He's a, he, he can play center. Um, the reason he hasn't been as good with the Bears since he came into the pros is because he's played all three positions. And the Steelers said, if we invest in him, we bring him in, and we give him a position and not move him around, he'll flourish. And he did. He had an excellent season last year. People don't realize, you know, with that new player, new teammates and the new player on both sides of him, he was steady, very, very steady. And I think he's only going to improve. Do you make a change like that? I would say he was close to a Pro Bowl level at times by the end of the year. I would leave him alone. Uh, I would. Uh, I really thought that they would move they would try Dotson on the right and move Daniels to the left during training camp because Dotson was a much better right tackle as a rookie. I don't think he's ever been quite as effective. Some guys are not ambidextrous, and that switch is really big for them. And I don't think Dotson ever fully embraced it, you know, comfortably. But now you don't have to worry about it. You got Samalu for the left. Uh, he'll help more. Leave Daniels where he's at. I'm a big Mason Cole fan. I believe, you know, and part of it's because we watch green. So Cole looks like an all pro. <laughs> but if you really, if you listen to the guys talk about their meetings each week, people respect Cole. They listen to Cole. He's a communicator. He's a student of the game. And he got better and better. And he has more experience as an NFL center than anybody else on the roster. So I, I think that, that they leave Cole where he is. But the great thing is you got to have depth. They had they were so fortunate last year to not have guys get injured, which, you know, friendly fire. Guys get taken out by friendly fire all the time on the offensive line. The Steelers were so fortunate. Now you've only increased your depth at every position. They still need some work at tackle, obviously. But if you say Herbig can play all three, he's the guy that if he does come in, at center, you don't have to worry about him getting pushed back. Cole Cole struggles sometimes with size right over his nose. But he got better as the year went on. That's not Herbig. Herbig, nobody's pushing that dude back. He goes forward. So there is possibilities, and I think they'll work with different combinations at camp. But I think Cole should have the first opportunity to begin camp as a starter and to solidify that because I think he earned it last year. I agree. I agree. And I'll give you a little bit more of my opinion on it on the other side of the uh, break. Uh, just for a quick segment, we're going to take a uh, five second break to get a word from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to The Hangover. I'm Daniel J. Alongside Shannon Wyatt. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're on YouTube right now, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button if you if you haven't done so yet. Um, we were at like 8,600 subscribers. Let's get that going. Let's get that up. We want to hit 10K before the start of the season. So we'd appreciate that. Um, we're talking about Nate Herbig. We're talking about Mason Cole in the center. I think that there's going to be a battle there. You know, Nate Herbig, when he was uh, acquired, they kind of gave him a, uh, the red carpet um, deal there. You know, he went to talk to the press. Kenny Pickett called him. They had a conversation. You know, he had a great interview. The whole nine yards showed him around, showed the picture of him signing. Uh, I think he's going to have an opportunity to be a, uh, a contributor on this team. And I think that if he is able to, uh, you know, snap the ball effectively and still be able to protect, I think I think you're right. I think there could be a camp battle there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mason Cole, like like you mentioned before, was it that he played very, very well or was it because of the comparison to who was there last season? in Kendrick Green. Uh, that's up for debate, you know, because, you know, I, I had a friend of mine ask me, how do, how do you feel about Mason Cole there? And I was like, you know, I think he did. He did OK. There were times where I saw he got bull rushed, but he was also dealing with an ankle injury uh, the second half of the season that, you know, prevented him from finishing some games. And so maybe a full healthy, um, you know, going in a healthier year that that'll help. But as you mentioned before, the likeliness of this offensive line getting throughout another 17 games without, uh, you know, an injury is probably low. Now there was some rumors that offensive tackle was looked at during free agency. Orlando Brown, I believe was who um, the rumors went around and about. They end up not getting him. Do you think the Steelers are not finished, you know, adding pieces to this offensive line, perhaps at the tackle position? What are your thoughts there, Shannon? You know, when I heard the Orlando Brown rumor, I took it as just that. I thought that Steelers, Waddle and Con's going to do their due diligence, and they're going to dip their toe in the water and see if there's any interest and talk to the agent. And uh, but when you see what he what he was paid and and the guaranteed part, and none of that contract fits what the Steelers, uh, I think, are willing to do right now. If the Steelers were one left tackle away from being a Super Bowl contender. I could see them restructuring Watt, you know, Hayward, finding the money. But that's not where they are. And if you've been paying attention for the last two years, it's a lot of 24 to 28-year-old guys uh, usually going into their second professional contract. They have a lot of starting experience, proven production at the right age to grow over a five-year stretch because as we know a rookie quarterback or a quarterback on his rookie deal that's your window then that's what made kansas city so impressive that they won past Mahomes' rookie contract and with a totally different style of offense they were no longer three kill and 70 yard touchdowns they were a lot of short passes juju smith schuster and a strong running game they were completely revamped that offense and won another Super Bowl. That is great coaching. That's great player at Pat Mahomes and Kelsey, the most 
unstoppable one-on-one offensive player in the NFL right now, in my opinion. He's a total mismatch no matter who you play. And so they was able to turn that and a lot of, you know, pieces into a Super Bowl. To me, that's what the Steelers are wanting to do. They're wanting to build a roster like Philly had last year, that they have no glaring weaknesses. They have a quality and some depth across the board. Now, they started it last year. They've had a great free agency period. If they have another strong draft, they're going to be close. And I believe they could easily be a wild card playoff contender next year. Then a deal like Orlando Brown, somebody of that stature and that price range would make more sense. But I really don't think it was that serious. Uh, I think they just dipped their toe in the water, so to speak. Got you, got you. So so when you look at this offensive line going into this season, you know, the picture's kind of clearing up. Uh, do you anticipate who who what are you predicting as far as the starters going from left tackle or right tackle? Who do you think is going to be there? There, I don't know about you, but to me, there's not a lot of real attractive tackles left in free agency. Right. Uh, so therefore, I think if you let's just say that before I get on that, we'll talk about the draft. If you look, there's three guys that might could come in and start at left tackle. And three to four guys that might could come in and start as a cornerback. To me, that's the two positions they're really focusing on in mm-hmm. the first round. So it'll depend on how the draft falls. So that's why I'm hoping a guy like Richardson, the quarterback uh, from Florida, I hope that people losing their mind trying to get him in the top ten because that means another guy is going to drop down. I hope a guy like Van Noy out of um, – I think it's or Van Ness. I can't remember from uh, Iowa, the defensive uh-huh. end. Uh-huh. People, people are really intrigued by his athleticism, and it's for some reason because he played hockey. I'm hoping that he's going to come off the board before the Steelers pick. And again, it'll help one of them guys drop to the Steelers. Right now, looking at the the offensive line, I don't expect another tackle to be signed in free agency. So I'm going to say you go into camp. With Moore, Samalu, Cole, Daniels, and a Corfort. Then you have camp battles. You know, guys could, uh, Herbie could battle it out for uh, the center position with Cole. And if they get a rookie in the first round or early second, they might can battle it out with one of the tackles right now. But yeah, that would be who I think is the starters at this moment. Got you, got you. Yes, he. I think that the Steelers, I think very similar to you, I think that the Steelers are going to be targeting offensive tackle and cornerback in the first two picks of the draft, uh, depending on how those cornerbacks fall. Um, you know, I don't know if you listened to my um, my, my show this past Saturday um, um, for the audio side only. I kind of put in a, my prediction now, the likelihood they double dip, but I had said that they were going to go with um, offensive tackle first at 17, with Broderick Jones out of Georgia, and then the Georgia cornerback also, what was his name? Ring, ring Ringo. Ringo at 32. Um, you know, and I think that that left tackle there, uh, Broderick Jones, was, is a guy that is going to compete. I don't know if he's the day one starter. Mm. He very well could be, but he's going to compete. Uh, in my opinion, uh, next to him is going to be Somalu, 
And then I think that <clears throat> that Cole's going to get the first shot, but I think that Herbig is going to take him out by the time oh, that the right. season starts mm-hmm. at the center position. Mm-hmm. And then uh, followed by Daniels and then Chicksicore four. And so <clears throat> pretty close. Um, I'm interested in seeing who they pick at 17 because mm-hmm. if it is a left tackle that goes there first, uh, that's going to that's going to be a very intriguing. Well, it doesn't matter who they pick there first, whether it is the cornerback, whether it's uh, the tackle, because you're expected probably a day one starter there uh, at 17. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, defensively, if there's a cornerback, you're looking at a competition between Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace, which I would assume uh, the rookie would beat out Levi Wallace. Uh, do you assume that the if it was a cornerback, let's just say it was Joey Porter Jr., do you think he would be the uh, the CB one day one, or do you think it'd be Patrick Peterson and then Joey Porter? Well, the only thing I would caution is Tomlin is he doesn't like to start rookies immediately. He right. he likes that veteran uh, experience. The Steelers' defense it seems like their coverages, you know they they requires a little more experience. Uh, or they they have they they have a lot of blown assignments when they have new guys back here. Um, so if even if it's say it's Porter uh, or Ringo, whoever it might be, if they take a corner at seventeen or thirty two, I think that they will begin the season as the backup, uh, learning you know, and I think it'll be Peterson and uh, Wallace just because of their experience, and they'll work them in slowly. Now, I don't think it'll take too long for, uh, uh, especially one of them top corners, to supplant Wallace. But I think it'll be kind of like Pickett last year. I think they'll they'll, it'll make him wait a little while and, until they see that he's ready, and then they'll try to put him in there. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the same thing if it was even one of the top left tackle, the top three guys, Johnson or Jones or um, – Saronsky, any of those three, I think would be an upgrade at left tackle. But I, even if they draft one of them, I think they'll make them wait a few weeks before they make them the starter. Unless they yeah. just have an outstanding camp in preseason. But they would have to blow Tomlin away for him to start them week one. Yeah, no, I agree. It also has to be, you know, uh, above the shoulders, make sure that these guys are, you know, understand the playbook. They they don't look lost and they're doing their part on the field and the practice field. I, I completely agree there. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> with the cornerback position, I think it's going to be tough, tough for somebody to, to, you know, now that I think about it, to overtake Levi Wallace. Now, he had a few picks last season. And at the end, uh, at the end of the season, there, I think that that defensive back group got comfortable with each other, and I think that had a lot to do with why they had so many interceptions. Is they could rely on each other. They were able to. Uh, they knew where each other was at, and um, they were able, they knew their weaknesses and where they had to assist in those areas. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something we may not want to break up too much. You know, the the middle linebacker position was completely blown up. And so <laughs> completely redone. And, you know, the, the, the front, the front seven, we're probably looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers acquiring a guy probably in free agency and the draft, you know, on the defensive line as well. Um, do you think that the Steelers, where do you see the Steelers 
getting a defensive tackle or a defensive lineman as far as the draft goes. Is that later on? Is that not that important? Or do you think that's something that's acquired by the third round? Oh, I think it's very important. Uh, you know, we've been saying we want to build the trenches, build those mm-hmm. foundations, and they they're really doing that with the offensive line. Now it's the defensive line. Now they got Okajobe back, and you got Hayward, but he's older, and you got to start thinking about the future. There's really not a starting quality nose tackle, in my opinion. Um, Adams is a good depth guy who can give you some some quickness there in the interior, but he he does not hold up well uh, against the run. Loudermilk, I don't know if he's going to pan out. He kind of took a step back last year. So they have to fill at least two positions, in my opinion, because Wormley blew his knee out and he's a free agent, so he ain't coming back. Um, I think that there's guys out there like Shelby Harris just got released. There's these guys that are going to be pretty cheap that you can bring in for a one-year prove-it deal who could just hide blockers. I like Tomlinson a lot, but he got pretty big money. Uh, in free agency, more than I thought he would. So there's some guys out there that can come in, you know, as a veteran and give them some quality minutes on the interior and then draft a guy. One name that keeps popping up is, um, is it Maisie Smith out of Michigan? I might not be saying his first name right, but he's a big body tackle who is athletic enough to play some three, four, in for the Steelers. He, he's, he's got that good size and power, but very athletic. And so that's a real possibility, say at 49. Right. You know, and, and I think that they really need to invest uh, early in day two in a defensive lineman. And uh, so Smith's a possibility. They've talked about Breezy from Clemson. I don't know if he's a great fit. Um. To me, he's more of a more athletic Hayward, but he don't have that power. And the Steelers line, you know, you need to be substantially over three hundred and six four, six five, you know, to to really excel. Uh, unless you like Ogunjobi, he's not that tall, but he's quick. Right. Um, but I, I just think that a guy like Smith or uh, Dexter or one of them guys, late second, early third the Steelers are going to pull the trigger. Yeah, I agree. I think it's super important too. I think that, you know, when I look at this draft, I've said it before, I think this draft is going to be very heavily um, favored towards the defensive side. You know, we've looked at the last few drafts. It's been heavily, you know, chosen to be offensive players, Mm -hmm. you know, corner quarterback, receiver, tight ends, uh, the whole nine yards, skill positions mainly. Uh, They've, you know, basically filled up the defensive side through free agency. Uh, there's one name that comes to mind and that I'm curious to get your thoughts on uh, before we let everybody go is Jalen Carter. He had the legal issues. He didn't finish his pro day because he was out of shape, came in nine pounds heavy. A lot of people are starting to speculate. Maybe he starts to drop, you know, is he a guy that the Steelers should consider if he starts to get around 15, 14, maybe to move up a little bit, or even if he makes it all the way to 17, should they uh, scratch what they've been doing <laughs> and and make a move there? What are your thoughts there? 
Well, just being totally honest, if a kid has red flags, uh, he's off my board in the first round. Mm-hmm. Great teams that are championship caliber teams don't miss in the first round very often. If if you go back and you look, they at least get a quality starter in that first round guy, or they really get lucky, you know, in those later rounds uh, by picking up, you know, some unseen quality. The Steelers have been very good at getting undrafted free agents and finding gems like Jalen Warren last year. There, you just every year there's a guy that they find, but in that first round, especially in a draft that's kind of top heavy in the first four rounds, I just do not want to see them risk taking a guy who has red flags. Now, kids are kids and they're going to make mistakes. And I'm not going to hold that against him for the rest of his life. I don't know the whole story. If somebody does, then they can speak on that better than I can. But I'm just saying that it's one thing to have the accusations to be involved in things. Um, and then it's another thing to come into your pro day after not being able to work at the combine much and then not be able to, to be physically shaped enough to complete the drills. Um, that that concerns me. So if you look at his college production, his tape is incredible, but his stats wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of these guys, you look at Aaron Donald at Pitt when he was in college, and not only was his tape incredible, but his stats were too. Um, guys that are in that level that they're believing he's is usually the numbers are there um that kid from uh, georgia nolan smith who right. blew the combine away combine away he's a great athlete what scares me he's a five-star recruit number one recruit coming out of high school it, it doesn't shock me he's great at the combine but if you look at his collegiate production it just wasn't there guys that are that talented you can't keep them off the field, even at a place as good as Georgia. So, to me, no, I would just stay away from Carter. Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, I, I think I'd consider it. Um, but, you know, after <laughs> that saying you convinced me completely, but you pretty much did. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, w- I would have probably thought a little bit harder than that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, if, the, if he had some great tape at the if the stats don't meet the production, then there's a question as to why. Mm-hmm. And and then if he's not finishing the combine, I understand what you're saying there. You know, he had the legal issues and maybe perhaps that's taking, you know, uh, president in his life right now. And he's not, you know, working out to his best ability. And maybe, maybe he ends up being a great player and somebody gets a good pick out of him. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and all the best of luck to him. And hopefully, you know, he, what I, I don't know the details behind it either, uh, behind the issues. So if he, what you know, I hope his life turns for the better. Um, but yeah, I think I also, with that sentiment, probably not go towards him. Uh, my strength and weaknesses when it comes to football, probably college players are probably on my weaker end. I don't know his name, but the the kid out of Pitt, uh, and I know everybody in live chat is going to kill me. The defensive tackle. There you go. I can't remember. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, I think he is a guy that 
feels more like a Pittsburgh Steeler to me uh, than than Carter. And I think that I would like to see him also stay in Pittsburgh and, and be a member of the Steelers. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get him. Maybe he's a guy that they'd have to go and get at 32 or something. Uh, but who, who knows? Um, well, they're talking about him going like pretty early because everybody's comparing him to Aaron Donald. Um, I, he's nowhere near as strong as Aaron Donald was. People right. are, they don't understand Aaron Donald was put together. He might be a little shorter, but that dude's a freak. And he's so powerful. And Clancy's not, and Clancy can run with him. But, you know, it, it tackle, how often do you run 40 yards? I'm, I'm, I, I would not take Clancy in the first round, but some teams are going to do it. And I, I wish him the best. Seems like a great kid, but he does not fit in Steelers 3 4. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, maybe, maybe so. Like I said, <laughs> college is not my strength. I'm going to go ahead and take your word on that. Uh, before we let everybody go, do you have anything else working uh, this week or uh, any articles coming out you want to let everybody know about? No, I'm I'm working on some stuff. I'm kind of looking at the wide receivers uh, because, you know, we didn't really get into that in the show today, but that fourth round range, there's mm-hmm. going to be some guys and one guy I'm very familiar with is Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And here's a kid that is a freak athlete, RAS score up there with a, a Martavius Bryant, a Chris Henry, 6'4", 220-something. He was held back at, at West Virginia because Mountaineers never had anything approaching a pro-style offense or a quarterback with pro ability. So he was held back by the scheme and the talent around him. So uh, I'm, I'm going to work on something, you know, talking a little bit about that. But um, just uh, then, of course, I'm going to do the second part two of the inside linebacker uh, position for the stars. I wrote about prior to free agency some targets that I wanted them to look at. Holcomb was not one of them, but I'm very glad they got him. But now I'm going to uh, talk about in the second part about some draft prospects that I hope they take a look at. Nice, nice. Thank you so much. And for me, I have my on the audio only side, I have uh, State of the Steelers podcast that airs out on Saturdays at noon on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. I think I got that right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> with that being said, uh, for Shannon White, I'm Daniel. This is the uh, Steel Curtain Network. This was The Hangover. We'll see you again next week, y'all. Peace out. Oh, wait, you know what? I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.